to the Steve and Crypto Show, presented by thestevestrout.com. I'm Steve. I'm CryptoZoo. What's happening, people? Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good, man. I'm good. How how has your uh, week been? Pretty good. Um, just been playing games on my Switch and uh, reading all kinds of cool info about movies and things coming out. Um, that's one thing we like to do here on this show is kind of drop a little bit of news and information for people that might not know about things that are coming out. Uh, some of it's just speculation. Um, one thing that is speculation is the idea of Chris Evans coming back to play Captain America again. The last time we saw him, he was 70 years old and was kind of hanging up the shield. And it was a little emotional moment, you know, as he's basically handing over the shield to Falcon. And, and that, and that really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. But now I, uh, apparently, uh, was it Anthony Mackie that plays Falcon? Uh, he was saying that he didn't officially take the shield. He didn't officially hand the shield off. So who knows, man? I think they're just trying to throw up a smoke screen and mess with this. A lot of people think he's gonna uh, he's gonna come back as the uh, evil cap, like the Hydra cap. But we'll see. I didn't, I didn't read those storylines. I guess there was a storyline where there was like a, a Hydra Captain America, but I don't know. Um, I'll have to look into that a little bit and find out more about that. But uh, other Marvel stuff. Charlie Cox, who is yeah. Daredevil on the amazing Netflix series. I guess he finished recording, uh, filming his stuff for the Spider-Man movie they're working on. But I mean, yeah, there's been no confirmation that he's Daredevil, but I mean, the odds are pretty good. Really? Who else is he going to be? Yeah. I mean, he could be playing his father possibly, Maybe. but but I'm, I mean, there's a good chance that he's coming back as, as the man with no fear. <laughs> Maybe he puts on a wig and plays as Aunt May or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're talking about movies uh, this episode. We are actually going to be chatting with, well, we chatted with and had a little bit of technical issues somewhere in there. We dropped some sound, but, uh, you guys don't know the spot where we where we lost our, our guest at. We plugged in our anchor ad, but we talked with Amy Cool from the West Sound Film Festival. It's a great festival here in the Northwest that uh, caught our attention because they have a nice lineup of horror short films that I'm really excited about, which uh, we'll talk a lot about in the 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 conversation we talked a lot about that we she told us a lot about a lot of the movies they're showing and she also told us the price which we'll we'll get to which is a pretty good deal that you guys should you guys should dig and hopefully you guys partake in and and take advantage of yeah i'd say it's a hell of a deal and and as you said you know we're not going to dive too far into it not going to spoil too much but as you said they do have a hell of a lineup when it comes to the horror selection for this festival a lot of really intriguing stuff yeah and as a lot of film festivals just don't showcase that much horror you know maybe our listeners probably know if they're into that kind of stuff if you're lucky maybe you'll get one or two movies you know and and there's 
quite a few for this unless this it's like a so. specific horror festival yeah yeah you don't yeah. see as but, much i mean you see the occasional like kind of thriller like borderline thriller film or something or suspenseful stuff but it's mostly like especially like an indie film fest you see just a lot of like documentaries and little dramatic narratives and i mean it's good it's good stuff but i want to see some horror and it's good it's like short film so it's just like quick fast doses of interesting horror and like you you guys are here all about it but um what else yeah. um well Godzilla I, versus I, kong they push yeah, it up i know i know you're excited about that they bumped it up two months two months so now it's gonna be coming out two days after my birthday actually march 26th there you go yeah so we only that's, have about that's two my months that's my birthday gift to you <laughs> i talked to somebody at uh at the studio and was like hey this is what caleb wants Push so it you're gonna pull you're gonna pull some strings and get me a free hl max subscription so that i can watch the movie right yeah you can have a free week-long trial just, uh, <laughs> yeah just start it around the end of march and you'll be there good you go. there you go there you go um yeah that's gonna be a real exciting one um I mean, they've been discussing Zilla versus Kong for so long now, and it's just been kind of in limbo as far as if, if it's going to come out to theaters. And, and obviously now, you know, theaters are, aren't opening anytime soon. So they finally decided, let's just put it out on HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, we've been discussing. We've, I think we've mentioned Godzilla versus Kong like, the last five episodes or something well i mean it's not like you're excited to see it or anything no nah, fuck that yeah but no um it's it's another reason why we contacted um amy from the film festival because you know we were talking about a lot lately how you know movies getting pushed back and theaters closed and a lot of streaming stuff like it, it's this is like a whole nother uh and hold on the side of the the uh, film industry is the film festival, which a lot of them are kind of going streaming and online, and some are even canceling. So that's another thing we touch on in the conversation. But um, another huge, exciting uh, movie thing. Like I, when I was a kid, I loved the Toxic Avenger. Like I don't know if you watched it yourself. Not so much. No. No, you didn't like it, or you didn't watch it. I just never really watched it. Oh, uh, maybe caught a. I might. I might have seen a clip or two here or there, but I. I don't recall watching consistently. No. Yeah, like, like Troma puts out a lot of movies that are not not for everybody. They're uh, they're art, <laughs> definitely art, and they're entertaining, but they're not for people with. They're not they're not Oscar Oscar worthy films, but like you know, it's it really started with Toxic Avenger just kind of like put trauma on the map. Toxic Avengers is it's a crazy movie about this like little bullied janitor kid at a at a gym. He gets bullied and pushed in like a, a vat of toxic waste, and he gets superpowers and becomes a superhero. And, you know, typical. But it's just so cheesy and amazing. It's it's great. But uh, a little while back, they 
little while back, they announced that uh, they're remaking it. And it's exciting. It's kind of interesting that they're going to have Peter Dinklage in it from uh, Game of Thrones and all that. But Oh, yeah. I, heard, yeah. I think I heard about that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's playing, like, the, the main character or what, but they apparently a, a uh, writer named Macon Blair, hopefully I'm saying his name right, uh, wrote the script. And Lloyd Kaufman is the, the original, you know, guy who created Toxic Avenger, like the man behind Troma. He he said he read the script and it's better than the original. So oh, wow. So like I mean, like I said, the original's not a masterpiece, but it is a cult classic. Which you know, some of these cult movies have like rabid followings, and uh, well, and you this... know, there's probably a fair amount of fans of the classic ones that are going to want to turn their kids on to the new one. You know, yeah. they might, the kids might not appreciate the older ones because of the effects or whatever. They just can't, you know, take it for what it is. See, what I but like they... about it, what I like about it is the fact that Lloyd Kaufman himself is, is actually out here saying this movie's going to be fucking awesome, <laughs> which is good because, you know, a lot of like those traditionalists are going to be like, stop remaking shit, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Bitching yeah. about it. It's not the same, but you got the fucking man who made it saying, this is better than my shit. Like, that's awesome. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the movie, the whole Toxic Avengers series, and there's a lot of other cult classic movies in under trauma. But speaking of other cult classics that are not trauma, um, one of our partners here on the show... Fright Rags is celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Evil Dead, which is big. You know, that's when you talk about cult classic movies, cult followings, the Evil Dead. Well, Fright Rags is celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Evil Dead with an all new t shirt, a baseball tee, and long sleeve shirt, as well as a restock of their uh, lounge pants. And also keep an eye out for reprints from Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness stuff that they put out. Oh, dude, I'm I'm really excited. You know, like I, luckily, you know, I, I've got some extra cash set aside for this occasion because I, I I'm a big fan of Evil Dead. It's one of my favorite franchises. So, um, and I'm a big fan of Fright Rags. Honestly, I, I love shopping there. They. Um, they really have some of the best stuff in horror, horror apparel, and and they've been around since 2003 now. I mean, they have apparel, they have accessories, they have a wide range of products for your favorite creature features. Um, they they really they they've got everything that you need, man. I mean, they have, like you said, they got products for favorite creature features, slasher flicks. Oh yeah, classics. I mean, um. John Carpenter's Halloween. I mean, shit. If you're, if if you just want a Halloween shirt, you know, and, and you're like, eh, that's 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 all I really want. I mean, you have plenty to choose from from Fright Rags alone. You know, they have shirts for John Carpenter's Halloween, Universal Monsters, uh, Steve's favorite Night of the Living Dead, one of my favorites, Creep Show, Twin Peaks, Evil Dead, of course. You know, that's. I mean, shit. They they have so much to offer man i'm 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 definitely going there probably after we're done recording this session and gonna go pick something up myself sure so 
Um, stuff's all officially licensed and available now at frightrags.com. And our Steven Crypto Show listeners get 10% off when they use the code Steve Crypto 10 at checkout. So get over there, buy some stuff, use Steve Crypto 10 and, and get you a good deal and get you some cool shit. That's right. Steve Crypto 10 at checkout. All one word. One so word. tell them we sent you. Tell them we sent you or we'll swallow your soul. That and we've been mentioning it on social media too. So if you forget, if you're old like me and you're forgetful, just uh, jump on my Instagram or, or Crypto's Instagram and, and you'll see something posted somewhere about it. Um, so where do you say we uh, get into the conversation we had with Amy? I'm ready. Let's do it. Hello. This is Agoro, host of the Agoro Show. And you are listening to the Steve and Crypto Show. So keep your ears open and your mouth shut, shut. Hey guys, I am hanging out here with Amy Cool, which I think is a pretty cool name. Mute my bad jokes. Um, they'll they'll come out a lot, but um, <laughs> yeah, she is one of the producers of the West Sound Film Festival, which is based in Kitsap County in Washington State. I think Bremerton, to be exact. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot on the show about uh, the effects of COVID on like movie releases and everything, but I wanted to bring Amy on to talk about the effects of COVID on the film festival scene and just to promote the festival in general. So, um, you guys decided to go all uh, streaming this year. We did. Let's jump right in and uh, let's talk about some of the biggest obstacles of going from a physical attended festival in a theater to going online. Okay. Um, I did want to clear up real quick that uh, um, I'm actually the executive director. The producers are technically the Roxy board for uh, Roxy Bremerton. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're... um, well, we, we tried to keep pushing it back because we really wanted it to be a in-person festival, but it's just not a safe decision at this point. So we've decided to go online. Um, so we're working with using uh, both the Facebook platform and Vimeo to be able to go online. We're still going to have blocks based on uh, different themes and... We're really excited about it, but we are sad that we're not going to get to see our filmmakers in person and have our networking events like we usually do. So, um, so what have been some of the the biggest obstacles of from going going to a, a streaming festival? Like, has there been issues with uh, maybe like distribution of the films, or is it is being independent films? kind of make that a little easier there has been uh there has been issues with distribution we've had a couple of films that have had to drop out because of distribution rights 
we made the decision that everyone's had a rough year and we want to make sure that as many people can see these amazing films as possible. So we made the festival free. You don't have to pay anything to watch our films. But unfortunately, that meant that some people had to not be involved because their films are had distribution um, and those have certain rules applied to them. So they were very kind about it, let me know they couldn't be part of it. And they know that they have free entry for any other festivals we have that they'd like to enter. So it was uh, it was definitely a very uh, amicable thing, but um, or amiable, excuse me. And but it was sad to see them go. So that has been one of the biggest obstacles. The other one is finding a program that works for us, trying to get the word out. And yeah, it's just a totally different beast from what I usually organize. So it's, a, it's, it's been a learning curve. Right. So in the whole process of, of making the transition, what, um, did, did you guys, what other festivals did you guys look to that might've already made the jump to streaming to get kind of a, to get kind of an idea to help you, you know, what did you look to for like advice or info or whatever to help make this work? Honestly, a lot of the festivals we usually look to canceled. So we just ended up um, going online and seeing what other festivals were doing. I'm, the names aren't jumping straight to my brain. Right. I'm sorry. It's been, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. So those names aren't jumping straight to my mind, but we just, we went online and saw what other people were doing. And we went on film freeway and saw who had positive reviews for online events and online festivals. And we tried to mimic them as much as we could and, um, and try to do what we thought would be best for the filmmakers. Right. Um, so at what point did you guys decide heck with it let's just do this let's just put these films out open and for a little bit we thought we were going to be able to open but we're still going to do another festival in august and i i know how much work and planning goes into putting together a festival and i know how much time minimum i need to do a festival and I knew I couldn't balance both. So we made the decision that after we, we couldn't go past January, it wasn't going to be feasible. It wasn't going to be fair to the filmmakers who were trying to get their films out and trying to get them seen. Um, so we picked, we picked to uh, January was kind of our last stand. If we can't be in the theater, we, we need to, we need to make some hard decisions and start awarding the films that won awards and acknowledge their work, their hard work. Right. That kind of leads into uh, my next question was how far in advance do you actually start to plan the next show festival? I started planning the next festival while I'm still working on the this year's. Right. I look at this is what worked. This is what didn't work next year. This is what I need to do. I, I, it never stops. It's a constant. If you're not learning from your mistakes, if you're not learning from what you're doing and seeing what works and doesn't, you're not growing. So it's constant. It's never ending. Next year I want to do is I have plans for festivals. I want to do two or three years in the future because 
just because we're not at the point where we can do something right now doesn't mean we won't be at that point two or three years in the future. So it is a constant, this is what I want to do. And I try to, every time someone um, has a suggestion for the festival, I try to take it, um, I try to take it in and consider how soon we would be able to apply that. Right. So you say you're shooting for August this year. Are you planning assuming that you're going to have an audience or are you going into it thinking it's going to be online again? Are you kind of keeping, keeping like the backup plan just in case this time? I mean, I think you already know this. The secret to any event planner is having two or three backup plans. You never count on anything. Nothing is, nothing is truly happening until you see it in front of you. So I, I want it to be in person. I want the networking events. I want, these are all things that I really hope happen, but if it doesn't, we will adapt and we have more time to adapt and try to see how we can do them online if we have to. But hopefully, I mean, knock on wood, but we'll be able to um, be in person and have an audience in person next year or this upcoming year. So yeah, that's a uh, pretty much always gotta have a backup plan, and I, I feel like this year, the online first time for the West Sound Film Festival is gonna be probably the biggest learning experience so far for you guys, and but I think it will help in you know come August when you when it's time to you know run the next festival, you'll already. You won't have to push it back. You'll have, you know what I mean? It, it's happening in August. Is that the plan? It's it's going August? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I if you don't mind me um, sidetracking a little bit, but every year has, been a, has been a learning experience for us. The first year when um, Nick Taylor, who owned the Dragonfly at the time, let me run a film festival, the poor man probably... Uh, he thought that they was going to be, we thought we would get maybe three hours of film and we got over a hundred entries and decided to make it into a three day festival. So it's just always been, let's see what the filmmakers want. Let's see what the area wants and let's adapt to it. Right. Good. Well, let's, uh, since you bring up the, the early, the beginnings of the festival. Um, like I mentioned before we started recording here that my attention was caught when, you brought some big guests, like you brought Joe Bob Briggs, and you said that was the second year? That was the second year, yes. And that's, you guys were still doing, at that point, it was the Port Orchard Film Festival. Um, tell us a little quick start, uh, history of the film festival from the beginning to what it's evolved to. Um, well, I worked at uh, Dragonfly Cinema. I... Uh, took over a position as the special events coordinator. I used to run the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the uh, Nerd Night we used to do once a month where we showed a nerdy movie and had trivia and um, and raffle prizes for it. So I just enjoy, I've always enjoyed organizing events and trying to do um, charity events like the Giving Tree. And my brother's a filmmaker. And I asked Nick, the, um, like I said, the owner, why don't we do a film festival? It's an entire weekend just devoted to the most purest form of independent film. And 
he gave me the A-OK and I put together a Film Freeway account and I was hoping we would get, you know, a couple hours of entries and we got over a hundred entries <laughs> and we were thrilled. So that's how it all started was putting it out there and uh, seeing the huge amount of interest that uh, people had in having their film shown in a real theater in a, in a huge auditorium like that. That's wonderful that you managed to get that many entries, you know, that's, I mean, you know, kind of early in the game in a way for you guys, like that's, that's really great. You know, that kind of, you know, you're, you're definitely not left discouraged at all. You're like, great. You know, what's, what's going to happen next year? <laughs> yeah. How many entries are we going to get next year? And if you don't mind me telling a small, quick story. Um, oh, please do. Uh, my, like I said, my brother's a filmmaker. So I asked him, I was like, can you post in some of these film uh, forums? Cause I was posting on Reddit. I was posting on all sorts of Facebook groups. And um, he said, yeah, no problem. So the next morning I wake up and I've got all these notifications on my phone. I was like, okay. And the first notifications I notice are that we've gotten some entries, which is great. We usually got like maybe one or two a night or some, but we had gotten like eight or nine. And I was, oh, wonderful. And so I also had a message from my brother saying, call me before you look at those entries. And I was like, okay. So I call him and he said, um, have you ever heard of experimental film? And I was like, no, I don't. What is that exactly? And he goes, it's it's filmed without a narrative. It's a little different. And so we had all of these experiments. He had posted in a forum and it turned out to be the top experimental film forum in the world. And so we had gotten a whole bunch of experimental films. And so I started watching them and, you know, some I, some I liked, some I was a little confused about or whatever. That ended up being the biggest block, the most popular block in our film festival. Oh. That's incredible. That is, that's pretty cool. Um, I noticed, and, and uh, people who listen to us know that we are very much into horror films. I noticed that there, there are quite a few horror and thriller films on your, uh, your what do you call it, your menu, I guess, this year. Oh, yeah. Which is kind I of a... Like, you don't see that much in like a like smaller indie film festivals you see a lot of you know i mean you got your your uh documentaries and, and your features and your narratives and stuff which you see but you don't see as much horror and thriller like i said and um it's interesting is that reflect on on your tastes or is that just based on the submissions and the quality I've always made the comment, this is the Port Orchard and now the West Sound Film Festival. This is not the Amy Cole Film Festival. I do not, I am very specific about the fact that I get other people to come watch the films and I let them pick. If there's a tiebreaker, I'm usually the tiebreaker, but it is definitely not all dependent on me, thank, thank goodness, because I do watch every single film that comes to our festival from beginning to end every single film i watch it but we have a huge horror community in the area yeah. huge and they are very tight-knit and it is wonderful and we get really good 
horror films. This year, we've got two different blocks of horror films. We've got Supernatural and we've got Late Night Horror. We can't just keep them in one because we just have so many that are so good. And the effects are so good. Um, there's one called Honeymoon. And, oh, my goodness, the acting in it is great. I was reading about that one, Honeymoon. Yeah, yeah it looks pretty cool. That one is incredible. Yeah. Um, we've got a feature, um, In Love with Ali Barker. Mm-hmm. I am the type of person who reads Stephen King all the time. I love... I had to look away a couple times. Their effects are so good. Like, they did a fantastic job. It's incredible. It's from Australia. It's amazing. Um, we even, um, I guess it's not, I guess this is more sci-fi, not really horror, but Skyman, which is by the same director, um, uh, David uh, Myrick, that uh, did uh, Blair Witch Project. Um, but yeah, I I absolutely love our horror community. They always bring incredible films. Uh, Pod People is amazing. Uh, we've got one called Purple Vision, and the filmmaker that has entered every year, uh, almost every year, I think. Either he's entered or he's ha- he's been involved with one of his friend's films that has entered. And yeah, we have a ton of horror. And um, oh my gosh, we got this great uh, animated film. It's by uh, Pat Morarity. That's a Port uh, Orchard um, uh, person. And um, his, his art is incredible. It's great. But he does this whole, he does this whole um, short film that's animated. And I'm trying not to give any spoilers away. That's right. what I'm trying not to do. Right. But it is, it's incredible. And it's all hand, it, it looks amazing. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this, this art is very familiar. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you watch something and you're like, I know this art. And he used to work work for Mad Magazine. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's a good cool. I've, I've yeah. actually, uh, if it was last year or the year before when he just started promoting the movie, he was at a convention mm-hmm. I went to and I spoke to him a little bit about it. And I was, you know, hoping to find a way to watch the movies. But this year, I should be able to see it. We got it for you, man. West Sound Film <laughs> Fest, yeah, that's cool. It, it looks, it looks yeah, really guys... cool. Like, actually, on my, on the front of my laptop, I have a, a sticker from him. With one of his little illustrations, oh, cool. a little, it's a little uh, fly, a little black and white fly. And I'm not sure if it was yes. from the movie, but, but we'll see. You have a great little variety when it comes to horror, you know, for this festival. It's it's very nice to see. It's refreshing. A lot of festivals might feature one movie, maybe two if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. But to see, you know, seven or eight that are kind of fitting in that that genre, it's real nice, you know, for fans like us. Um, and, and you're right about the community, you know, like we're a, a tight-knit community. Um, I, I'd say that the horror community isn't always talked about but you know if you bump into someone else who is a fan or you kind of pick it up off of them that they are then it just kind of opens up this giant book of things to talk about and you know it's it's nice to see your excitement or their excitement you know when they find out you're a horror fan too we had uh i think it was the first or second year we had the horror films playing and about the like they overlapped a little bit or something like that yeah. And the Dragonfly Theater, we had two two um, theaters on either side of the concession area. And just watching them sprint back and forth <laughs> between the theaters to see 
their friends films. It was just, it was absolutely heartwarming. I just love it. I love the film community. Yeah. So, but um, I don't know if you guys know about our um, our award system. No, I was actually going to ask you about that. Yeah, how how are you guys? So, um, we give away a lot of awards. I'll go ahead and, and qualify that. But a big thing I've noticed in festivals is they'll have best actor. And it's always a drama person. It's always someone who's oh, crying, you know? Yeah. Which I understand. You know, that's a lot of acting. But I don't think it's fair to people who were in horror or comedy. Like, comedy is very difficult. It's very difficult to make someone laugh. Yep. So our our we don't do best actor and actress. We do we just do best actor um drama. We do best actor horror. We do best actor comedy. Because that way you're actually judging them on the level playing field rather than Yeah, judging on their actual performance, yeah. you know? I mean, it's it's to me it's just as hard to make someone cry on cue or be terrified on cue or, you know, to scream and actually believe it. Exactly, yes. Exactly. So yeah, we like to we like to draw more attention to the genres that I feel like don't get as many awards as drama tends to sometimes. Right. So how how are you guys going about selecting the favorite horror actor? drama actor I use the people in my selection committee and um, they uh, they make decisions and again if if there's a tiebreaker needed I step in but I try to I try to stay back for most of those because I do know um, you know I, I I interact with the filmmakers almost every year like I, I get well every year this is gonna be the first year where I don't get to. But I, I go to the uh, brunch events with them. I go to the after parties with them. I go to all the networking events, the pre-party and everything. And I talk to them about their films because I do watch every single film that gets submitted. And so I try to step back and let my submission committee, and we usually have different people every year as part of the submission committee. Um, we don't release names or information about them because I do get nasty messages all the time. Right. Um, so I don't want them to be subjected to that. For our technical awards, I actually um, call either uh, people I know in the industry or people that I know um, have been in the festival before if I need tiebreakers for that one. Cool. That's, that's a good way to do it. I know. So... We talked about some of the horror films. What are some of the other other uh, films getting a little buzz coming into the festival? Oh my goodness! There's one called uh, "The Stand In" that just the cinematography was absolutely gorgeous, and it just absolutely brought me in tears. It's based on a true story. Um, these two. Uh, these two men are getting married, and one of the one of the groom's mother won't attend. So, um, so he's kind of dealing with that and everything, and it's just absolutely beautifully shot and well done. Uh, there's one called Ashmina, that is um, that takes place in Nepal, and again, beautifully shot, well done, and about her story as she has to go to work instead of going to school and kind of what her life is like and the decisions she has to make. And that one was very well done. Um, 
there's one, <laughs> I'm not sure if I can do this on here or not. There's one called Shuttlecock. And it's about somebody who plays, it's in the comedy block, and it is hilarious. <laughs> like, we saw that one at the Gig Harbor Film Festival, and I was able to meet with the filmmakers from that one, and uh, they submitted, and it's incredible. It is so funny. Um, let's see what else. We've got so many. I could talk forever about our films. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have definitely a like music everybody. video block. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so we got you here for it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a music video block, and one of them is called SOS, and it's a stop-motion music video, oh, which cool. I just love stop-motion. I just think it's... Right. Me too. Right? Yeah. This... It, I mean, it takes so much time, so that's why it's, you know, I mean, I, I just love how it goes out. And he does, the guy who does it, Jeremy Mori, his, um, he's, he's submitted to us almost every year. And it is the details he does with them is so impressive. I'm just, I love it. Uh, another one in the music video block is called um, Pearl Cadillac. And the, it's a black and white uh, music video and it's very well shot. And the song is gorgeous. So I can't say enough good things about that one. Oh, we have a, um, another animation. Animations are always really hard to get. And we, cause it's just so much time put into it. It's called, uh, oh my goodness, I just blanked. Uh, the house, um, the house with paper flowers. Look, so I don't get this wrong. There's so many of them in my head. I'm, I, I, again, watching. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually impressed already with, with your, uh, detailed on so many movies. So. Every time someone comes up, as soon as they tell me their name, I know which film they are and I, I talk with them. I just get so excited to tell them how much I enjoy their films because it's so much work. It's so much work behind it. But the House of Paper, um, in the House of Paper Flowers is a beautiful animation. Uh, Anita George did that one and it's just absolutely gorgeous. And it's a very sad tale about, um, this woman and her pets and one goes missing and kind of how she has to react to that and everything. But it's absolutely beautiful. But that one's in our Love's Journey block. Um, oh, Silent Key. That's a really good one. And I think I think you guys would like Silent Key. That's in our Apocalyptic block, okay. which I guess, I mean, that's not exactly horror, but kind of like <laughs> it's sidling up. There's some zombies, so I feel yeah. like it's sidling up. But yeah, that whole... That whole block is great. 1214 and that one is incredibly well shot. Uh, Silent Key is a great story that really draws you in. And there's some incredible shots in that one. I just, there's so many films. I could, I could literally go on for an hour about the films in our festival. They're amazing. And like I said, the experimental blocks are always really popular. We've just ended up doing two of those now because they're just so popular and they, um, there's so many different viewpoints. I just really enjoy those. And it's, it gets you out of that headspace of this is, this is the order in which things are supposed to happen in a film. They just took that, balled it up and threw it out a window. And we're like, this is what I'm doing. Right. I need to just say, I dig your, your enthusiasm in talking about all these movies. That's like, it, it feels good to promote somebody's work. You know what I mean? And I see yeah. that. I see that you really enjoy it too. That's that's like why we do what we are doing is for all these creators out here that are making this beautiful stuff that maybe some of our audience wouldn't know about so we could turn them on to it, which is that's that's what it's all about really, but that's cool. I just wanted to say I'm enjoying hearing you talk about the movies and it makes me excited to see them. So 
I mean, you got to think about it that yeah. five minutes of a film is really an entire weekend of someone's life. Yeah, at least, Min- yeah. Minimum, yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, you mentioned that this year's festival is going to be online completely and free. Did I hear that right? Free. Free. How, how are people going to be able to check this out? Um, we have face, Facebook blocks, um, event blocks that you can uh, you can click interested on. On the day of the 29th, we will be releasing the link to be able to watch the films. Because of legal reasons, we cannot release it until the 29th, and we have to shut it down um, at midnight on the 31st. So uh, the best way to do it is to go on Facebook and just go ahead and click interested in the blocks that you're interested in. Uh, we'll also have the links up on our website. Uh, again, it's got it. We can't have them up there until the 29th. We'll actually have the link up there, but if you click on it, it'll just say, oh, you know, Vimeo yeah. will be like, you can't see that. Yeah. But uh, it's all going to be, it's all going to be free. And uh, if you have any questions for the filmmakers, feel free to put them in the uh, comments under the blocks. I'm encouraging the filmmakers to go and take a look and, and answer questions that way. So yeah, that's going to be how we're going to do it. And well, it's great you're giving people a chance to interact with all the creators and filmmakers, you know, if they have specific questions or maybe even, you know, somebody nerdy like us. It's like, how did you make that certain special effect go down, you know, and and just to to know that they might actually get a, a straight up answer from the creator themselves. It's, it's pretty cool. It's nice you're giving them that, that chance to do so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's probably my favorite part of every film festival is the Q&A. So I'm so sad we can't do it this year, but I'm excited to give some sort of way to try to offer that to the filmmakers and the attendees. Right. Definitely. Have you thought of trying to do like a, like a, a live stream with maybe some of the, the uh, category winners, like after the festival or something, just to keep interest and keep traffic I mean, coming to the, the site and everything? I'd love for that to happen. I just don't know who I could get to volunteer to do that unless you're volunteering to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this is uh, on my shoulders until I get my submission committee together. I do right. a lot of this on my own. So, I mean, it depends if I end up getting volunteers who want to do something like that, that'd be amazing. But, uh, but yeah, but anyone who's interested in volunteering with the film festival or interested in, um, you know, asking more questions or anything. We have a, um, a, a website and uh, our email is uh, westsoundfilmfestival at gmail.com. So we're always looking for people who are interested in something like that. Awesome. Well, um, since we're talking about websites and stuff, why don't we plug all the social media and give us the website and all that good stuff so people can find in and join in on the festival. And before we answer that, before you fill us in with that stuff, um, going back to uh, the free online viewing, is uh, is it going to be available worldwide to view? Yes. Okay. 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 Let's uh, social media. Let's plug it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We are on Facebook as West Sound Film Festival. And um, I'm double checking right now because I turned my phone off for this interview, but I'm pretty sure our um, Instagram is uh, West Sound Film Festival as well. And we like to plug a whole bunch of our uh, posters. We get the best posters. I really think that uh, 
next year we're going to have to add a best poster category or something because the posters are incredible. It's they it's really it's job. important if you think about it. Like how many movies have you watched because of you know awesome poster or a cool yeah you know VHS yeah. or DVD cover or something like my uh, my cousin used to work at a drive-in theater here you know when he was a kid and so I would go and see him and he he knew that we were coming and you know he would uh, kind of tell us don't go to the concessions or anything and he'd, he'd come out with his hands full of stuff but he'd often have a movie poster in his hands for me as well so as a kid I had like Mars Attacks Jurassic Park Men in Black all these you know great iconic movie posters in my room and yeah i mean a couple of them i i don't know if i ever even saw the actual film but i had the poster for them <laughs> because they look cool <laughs> yes i still have um the poster from the room and uh widows and a couple others that i really like i've got a goonies and a sandlot poster i believe but yeah cool. No, they, they do. And usually, and if, if it wasn't online this year, usually I'd print up the, uh, the film festival posters and put them around downtown. Um, but yeah, the film are, are between posters and, uh, trailers and everything else are, our people that submit to our film festival are incredible. They're so passionate about what they do and the films they make and they're so excited about them. I just, uh, I'm just stoked to be able to show show off all their hard work. Like I said, that's what it's all about. Feels good because yeah. I'm not. I don't see myself as a creator, but I guess my my contribution is pushing them all and promoting them all. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it sounds exciting. I'm definitely looking forward to watching some of the movies at the West Sound Film Festival, and I'm sure. Crypto is pretty hyped about it too, especially the horror yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, I was reading up on on quite a few of them, and they they look great. It's just nice to see a good variety that you guys are providing, you know. And and I mean, there's plenty of other festivals that are just you know not calling it quits, but they're just taking a break for the year, or they have taken a break. And so it's nice to to see you guys are still trying to put out something for people to enjoy. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Show oh, must go on. Our yeah, right. Honestly, right. Um, our 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 Instagram is West Sound Film Fest. So that one's Film Fest. that one's oh. not festival. Well, well okay. we always make sure we always make sure to put up links and everything when we post the episodes, so that'll all get out there too. So um, we'll make sure we get it right. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> for hanging out and chatting and we will definitely be in touch and we we talked before about some events and maybe collaborating on something soon and we definitely are down to do that we gotta keep it nerdy out here and that's all and uh do what we can to to open the world's eyes to all this great stuff going on that nobody's paying attention to so Hopefully a couple of our listeners jump in and and partake in the, the free festival this year, which is... Yeah, yeah you have no excuse, people. It's absolutely free. <laughs> no reason free. to not, yeah. Is there, is there going to be Those any, are- like, a... Is there going to be any kind of a... You guys have, like a, a, like, a donation page or tip page or something set up for the festival? Well, we are all... We are funded through... Um, 
the Roxy, the historic Roxy. Right. Oh, wow. Under them, so they're a nonprofit. So right. if you want to donate, I'm going to, I'm looking into how to add a, um, some sort of donation link into right. them. But uh, honestly, I've been a little scammed. So <laughs> that is on yeah, my I list. I promise Trust I'm working me, on it. it. <laughs> okay. So we'll be on the lookout yeah, for that. I mean, and um, we're excited and we haven't, you know, we forgot to mention this whole time is the dates. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> the most important thing, right? Free and the dates is like what people need to know right now. It's yes, it's free and it's January 29th through the 31st. I will be putting the links up at about eight, eight, eight thirty in the morning on uh, the 29th and uh, be taking them down at midnight on the 20 on the 31st. Okay. 11 59 PM on the 31st. So they don't go into into the next month. <laughs> cool. Well, I well, yeah, thank we'll you. be sure to uh, be checking out a bunch of the movies on the list. We'll, you know, we'll watch them and make sure that we, uh, you know, kind of throw the links around and and uh, you know let our audience check them out and hopefully you guys get a lot of great feedback. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Yes, thank you for hanging out. Yeah, and like I said, we'll we'll chat soon. Hey, thanks to Amy Cool from the West Sound Film Festival here in Washington State for joining us and telling us about the festival and how they're transitioning from a uh, live audience attended festival to online. I know the horror fans that listen to us will really dig it. There's a lot of great horror short films they're going to be screening during the festival and it's all free. So there's no reason to not check it out. And, um, we'll have links and everything for their uh, social media so you can keep up and find out what, when, and where for the festival. And don't forget to jump on our Buy Me a Coffee page and help us out at the show. We want to make the best show we can and can't really do it without you guys' help and support. We appreciate that. And also, be sure to head over to Fright Rags and get you some cool, uh, spooky swag over there. And be sure to use our code for uh, you listeners. Steve Crypto Ten is the password to use at checkout. So go to Fright Rags and get you some cool, scary shit. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. And we've been the Steve Crypto Show. Peace.